Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast and vidcast. Today I'm really excited to have this guest because this is somebody that tried to prospect me last year and I reverse prospected them and got them on the show and here we are today. So I'd love to introduce Rosie Onslow-Wild from Outreach. Rosie, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for the intro. I'm really good, thanks. Um, and I actually love the story of how we met because <laughs> I was trying to prospect you. It was indeed. Um, and you're the only prospect out of all the ones I've ever prospected that has actually sent me a vidyard in a response. So that was pretty cool. I love it. So we'll save that story and we'll come on to that in a moment because I'm sure that the uh, listeners and watchers out there would love to hear about it. But to let them know a little bit more about who you are, we've obviously said your name, but Rosie, who are you? Where are you based in the world? What do you do? And where do you work? And what do they do? Cool. Yeah. So I'm Rosie. I am based in London. Um, so I used to live in a place called Surrey. I moved to London pretty recently um, as I got a job with Outreach as an SDR. <laughs> Big up Outreach. <laughs> so for those that don't know, it's a sales engagement and intelligence platform. Um, so it really helps me with like my day-to-day -day job. Um, so I would promote it to any SDR out there that's not already using it for sure. Um, and the office is based in Shoreditch, which is a really cool place to work. Oh, I'm actually going to Shoreditch tonight, funnily enough. But that's good Amazing. to know. I didn't know they were based in Shoreditch, so I might have to swing by at some point in the future. But Rosie, um, outside of like tech sales and being an SDR, what do you like to get up to and what floats your boat? Yeah, good question. Um, so I'm a very active individual. I love kind of just movement, going to the gym. I've actually set myself the task this year of running three half marathons. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give it a crack tomorrow for my first one. Um, but yeah, I'm lips. I literally love activities and being super active. Um, on the flip side of that, I am a massive foodie. So I literally love eating out wherever, making my own food. Um, I have a whole list of restaurants in London that I'm working my way through at the moment. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's what we call balance, right? Like lots exactly. of fitness and lots of food. <laughs> they go well together. Thank you for sharing. So again, for the listeners and watchers, if you're listening to this on your local podcast platform, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe. And equally, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please like, comment and subscribe and share it out there with some SDR love. Uh, but for the watchers that are seeing this, what we would love to do is visit your LinkedIn profile because kind of that's how we got to where we are today. And checking out your LinkedIn profile, Rosie, uh, we can see that you, you work at the lovely outreach and the sales engagement leaders out there alongside some others. <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say there. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but we can see that you've had like quite a colourful career. So checking back... Uh, we can see that you've been a mystery shopper. Uh, you've had work experience at Manulife, French Connection, one of my favorite brands. Uh, you worked yeah. at Aldi, industrial placement. You've been a customer service advisor at Guildford Borough Council. I used to work in local authority myself. 
And for the last six months, you've had the privilege of working at Outreach. So for the guests, listeners, and watchers out there, could you, in your own words, Rosie, walk us through your journey of how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, 100%. So from looking at that, it obviously looks like a bit of a mishmash of different roles and jobs and kind of industries. Um, So I've always kind of been a bit all over the place with what I've actually wanted to do in life. So I kind of took like the stance of, okay, let's just try loads of different things. Um, So I had a job as a waitress once. That was great fun, but it was more of a just need to get some money in between kind of school and university type thing. Um, My work experience with French Connection was through a friend's dad. So shout out to him. Um, And I kind of realized that maybe fashion industry wasn't for me, um, but nonetheless, very good experience. Um, And then went to the University of Leeds and did a industrial placement year with Aldi. Um, It was Mm. kind of noted as one of the hardest placements to do during that year. So I was like, right, let's give this a go. (laughs) Um, And it was right. Like it was really, really tough. It was just such a tough year. But I think it's definitely helped kind of like shape where I am today. Um, But again, I've kind of crossed retail off my list there as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So then graduated from uni in June 2020. And that's when the whole of the wonderful COVID started. So I thought, right, well, probably the best thing to do now is try and earn some money. Um, Mm. And here came along Guilford Council, which is kind of my local um, council as a customer service advisor. that was also really tough, I won't lie. I think probably with the mix of being in lockdown as well mm. and then being on the phone to some very happy <laughs> residents of the Guildford Borough every day, being told, why haven't I collected their bin? So that was a tough eight months. <laughs> yeah. But to escape all of that, I then went traveling um, for four months um, last February, which was the best time of my life. I went to Costa Rica and Mexico and literally nice. it, was, it was amazing such good memories Mm. and this kind of leads me into where I am today so two weeks before I left Mexico I thought wow okay I've spent quite a lot of money out here and I need need to probably focus on kind of my next step and kind of like starting my career and then I saw a LinkedIn post by Venetrix um, which is Mm. kind of a recruitment company for SaaS kind of companies and mostly SDRs and they'd posted about outreach and it was kind of five different things why like why you should love outreach and they really stood out to me at the time and I thought you know what let's just do this let's go for it yeah um kind of didn't really know too much about the tech world or space or anything but I've yeah I went with it so I had to record a video um as part of my application um and at Mm. the time I was getting really into my TikToks (laughs) whilst I was traveling okay so I leveraged that platform and I did a one minute video with the help of my boyfriend at the time and I created this video and at the end it was a kind of a jump in the pool scene in Mexico. (laughs) Um, From then I then managed to get to the assessment centre and then a final two rounds of interviews. Bearing in mind this is all from my phone because I obviously didn't bring my laptop travelling with me around the world for four months. Yeah. So (laughs) two days before we were due to fly home I got a call from Mr Brad Smith who was like you've got the job see you in a month which was the best news ever to come home from kind of the best four months of my life and then know that I'm just about to start a really cool role at a very cool company and this is kind of where I am today. I love that. That is such a colorful journey. A lot of innovative like ways to go get that job. And again, I want to pick about some pieces like, you know, starting from the beginning with 
that experience of working in retail. So we've had a lot of guests and that have worked in retail and done customer service. And you're right, working with customers directly, the face-to-face over the phone can be a bit of a bore, and I've been there myself. But I think, you know, you learn some attributes that can help you out in sales. So dealing with difficult people, dealing with complaints and objections. Um, But also, I was just wondering, like, in those retail experiences, like you said, retail wasn't for you. I'd love to know, like, how did you come to that conclusion? And if any, were there any benefits that you've taken away into what you do today? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I kind of came to the realization I'm I'm very much one for kind of work life balance. Like you've got one life, you might as well kind of try and do a bit of both, you know, mm. <laughs> not too much work, but you need to have fun. In the world of retail, it's like it never sleeps. You, it is constant. You're always there. I was working night shifts, morning shifts, and any kind of shift. Um, yeah. And you always have to kind of be on. Christmas is a nightmare in retail. <laughs> so that becomes a very negative part of kind of life. <laughs> and yeah. I just didn't, I didn't gel very well with that, to be honest. Um, yeah. I know, I guess it's just not for everyone. Yeah. Um, but not to say like I learned so much that year and I learned so much about myself um, and kind of resilience was definitely one of them. Um, mm. I'm not a quitter. Um, so I just thought, yeah, I've got to kind of take this by the horns and just go with it. Um, and I'm so, so glad I did because I think at the end of the day, it was character building. Like not many people can say that they've stacked shelves during their placement year. Um, yeah. But also been able to kind of manage a team of people at such a young age. That was kind of invaluable experience for sure. Mm. that's an interesting point like um managing like people at a young age so i remember when i worked in local authority um i was working like within the housing benefits section and i wouldn't say i was so much a team lead per se but i was one of the youngest people in there because most people were in their 40s or 50s etc and a lot of people used to come to me for advice on how to do applications, forms, how to assess like people for benefits, etc. And sometimes I used to get this, I wouldn't say so much pushback, but I could sense something where some people didn't like the fact that I was at Youngen and I was maybe a little bit more proficient than some. And I would also be those person to like uh, review caseloads and then take them back to those offices and say, you need to, you know, sort this bit out and da 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 da. And I used to feel really intimidated at a young age trying to do that. And I think with a lot of SDRs that may want to go into a team lead position, they may face that as well. And I was just wondering, like, how did you have any sort of similar experiences or like, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I came in as a, I think I was 22 at the time, um, into a store where I literally no new one. Um, and that's really, really daunting. Um, having to go in and kind of yeah I'm running the shift today kind of thing (laughs) Um, but I think you've really got to kind of like leverage other people and people with experience in that situation Um, and just kind of just be yourself in a way like you're not there to kind of tell them what to do and be in charge you're there to just you know organize the shift make sure things run smoothly and hopefully do that in like a nice team environment Um, so yeah it's definitely just not coming in too strong and yeah, just working with the people around you. Um, and completely, I, I do see that with like a team lead position, um, especially with such fast progression in some of these companies. Mm, 100%. And that's some solid advice. Thank you for that, Rosie. Um, and then kind of walking through like, you know, this pandemic kit. And <clears throat> I try not to focus on pandemic as much anymore in the episodes, but it is something that's happened and we've gone through different iterations of it. How did it affect you like mentally, like, you know, 
coming out of uni and thinking right where do you want to go in your career and what you want to do what was going through your mind at that point before like traveling out to yeah (laughs) no so it was a super tough time and like like from all the graduates that didn't graduate that year and I, I had all these great plans to just finish uni and go off and go traveling and just spend like six months away and none of that happened and it was yeah it was really really disappointing um when we hit I think it was the second lockdown in Christmas that was probably a very dark time (laughs) um but the thing that kept me motivated if I'm completely honest is just seeing the money roll in every month and then I thought you know what at some point I will be able to get out of this country and I will be able to go and see a bit of the world that I really want to see so I just kind of kept that in my mind kept active ran loads and just thought this is not going to be forever you know there is there is there will be an end (laughs) um and I managed to find that end at the end of January last year um so we were still essentially in lockdown but I was I met up with my friend and she was like, you know what, like you can actually get out of the country. And I was like, what do you mean? Like we're in a lockdown, like don't be so ridiculous. Mm. And she said, no, you, like, you can um, through volunteering. And so I was like, wow, I did not even mm. think about this. Um, yeah. So that, that's what I did. I, I volunteered in Costa Rica for two weeks to essentially leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But no, you, you, you're right. Like <clears throat> uh, admittedly, like lockdown did affect me the same way. I think, um, around that Christmas time, I'd just like gone a year of relaunching my company and a lot of people weren't looking for an SDR trainer and I just kind of like launched the podcast and I was kind of trying to focus on that. Business was really tough. Money was very tight and the only thing that kept me going was fitness as well. So uh, I used to like do a fitness class in Surrey, but that stopped and it went all online and just going for the walks, you know, um, keeping myself active, having a journal, like being grateful for certain things. And to, to your point, knowing this isn't going to be forever. And there's the thing of like blue sky thinking. So you look at a sky and it's got, you know, clear skies, you can see everything beyond and, you know, it feels really nice. And there are times where clouds come, but knowing that those clouds are temporary and above those clouds, it's still that blue sky. And for SDRs and people that are listening or watching in, um, you know, like sometimes things can seem tough. And like, admittedly, with the team that I'm working with now, they're based in Amsterdam in the UK, and we've got a hell of a lot more freedom than they do. And I think it was at the beginning of January this year, where I'm in a better position financially, work wise, everything's going cool. And I joined the team like after uh, New Year, and I was like, Hi, guys, how you doing? How's everything going? They're like, Nah, yeah, it's right. I was like, Why are you guys so down? They're like, we can't go out after five o'clock. We can't go to the gym. We got, and I was like, oh, sugar. I didn't even realize, you know. Um, but to them, I also said, like, look, this isn't forever. Things will come out. And now things are starting to open up. We got a happier team, thank God. But it did affect everybody, like, mentally and physically as well. Um, so, yeah, doing those things that, you know, bring you joy and happiness, especially in hard times, is a good reminder. Um, but, yeah, obviously, like you said, um, doing the placement, uh, Aldi, and then, you know, coming across Venetrix, and the way that you connected. I remember even like when we had our disco call, you was doing it on your phone as well. Um, so like talk me through like with Venetrix, like you're seeing this thing called tech sales and SDR and you didn't really know what that meant. What did it mean to you then? And what does it mean to you now? I think, you know, it was kind of like a, it was the unknown. So I was curious about it hundred um, percent. And I'd seen like a few of my other friends kind of they went into these sales roles and I was 
I was just kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe I should give this a go kind of thing. Um, the tech space is huge. Um, it's a great industry to join. That was something else to think about. And now I've joined and now I'm in it. I'm so, so glad that I just went for it and took, took the leap. Um, mm. because it's, yeah, it's huge outreach is going places. Um, and it's just a really, really exciting industry and time to be at this company. hundred percent. And it's beautiful to hear. And, you know, like being on those beaches of Mexico and like having that free time, could you even fathom yourself working as to where you now? And like, if you could talk to your former self, <laughs> what, what would you be saying to that Rosie? <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I was living the high life, of course, in Mexico. I had no stress or worries apart from maybe getting to the next place on a bus. Mm. <laughs> um, and now I'm here six months down the line. Um, I didn't, I don't know. I think I expected it to be hard work. It is really, really tough work. Um, mm. But as long as you kind of enjoy that, that's all, that's literally the, all that matters, um, I think. And I I didn't expect, I think, when I was still traveling to be in the position that I am now and as happy as I am now with the way that kind of like where I'm at and where my career is like potentially heading. I love that. And I think it's, um, again, something I learned in lockdown, like there was this cool saying of, you know, we're always looking ahead as to where we're going to end up. And sometimes we look behind us to see where we've come from. But we're living in two areas or our minds are living in two different time zones. But the reality is of being in the present and in the now. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, can you at least see the next step in front of you, like that bus journey? Or can you see that next plane to going or having that next interview? As long as you can take the first step, then the other steps will become clear later down the line. Don't worry about if there is another step or not, but just take that first step. And it's great to hear that you took that step and, you know, you are where you are. You're very happy. Um, and as you mentioned, like this SDR gig is not the easiest of roles in the world. And that's why I have a lot of respect and passion for it. But for people that are maybe listening to this, that they may be on a beach, not in Mexico, but I don't know, Bournemouth <laughs> or somewhere else in the world in California, and they're thinking about this tech thing. Um, what is it specifically tough about this role that you find? So I think it's the level of rejection that you get every single day. Um, and you're, you're always chasing a number, right? Like we have a quota that you've got to hit every month. Um, that doesn't really disappear until you hit your number. <laughs> and then, <laughs> hey, like it's it's a new month next week. And then it starts all over again. So you've just got to keep that like kind of resilience and momentum going. Um, if you don't, it can so easily fall apart so quickly. Mm. Um, so I think it's really just like having that drive and determination in you to kind of keep going. Because when when the winds come through, like there is no better feeling like than booking yeah. a meeting or getting a sal and hitting quota. It's great. <laughs> Love it. And for somebody that, you know, that's about to embark on maybe like with three marathons, that motivation piece when your legs are tying tired and the lactic acid is building, how do you push through and how do you keep yourself up when, you know, the pressure's on? Yeah. No good question. Um I, I think it's it's the satisfaction that you feel at, like, let's say, the end of a run. It's how it makes me feel. Um, mm. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Um, that's more, like, fitness-related. In terms of kind of sales, it's the same feeling. Like, it's a feeling like you feel amazing. Um, it's a level of satisfaction. But also, it, like, there's good money in sales, <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah. And that's really great. <laughs> so 100%. definitely something to think about. 
I love it. And um, this is kind of like, an, uh, and I know I'm going to go back to the whole gym thing again, but it's the analogy that I was using with my team to help try and motivate them in the past few weeks. Where we're fearing that cold call, where we're fearing that rejection, or, you know, for me, like this month I've done dry jan and I've been going gym every morning, like at 5 a.m. because I want to have my evenings free. But we normally think of it this way. I have to go to the gym. I have to work out. I have to hit my quota, I have to make these cold calls, and I have to face rejection. And I say to them, it's just one bit of a mindset shift. Change I have to, to I get to. So every morning I get to go to the gym, and I get to work on my dream body. I get to cold call and experience what other people are like and see if I can get a meeting. I get to work towards my target, I get to hit my target, I have the opportunity to do it. And just having that subtle change, with a little bit of verbiage is can make a whole difference to your day. And ultimately what you're saying is that experience or that feeling of accomplishment when you've done so. So I also say to myself, I'm really tired this morning. I had a late night, didn't get much sleep. I get to go to the gym, but I also get to feel amazing after I've done it. And like weighing in on that, um, you know, is what helps drive me into things I do in my life. And kind of saying back to my SDRs, where we had one girl where she said, I'm not hitting my call target. I said, okay, you get to make your calls and you get to hit your target. And then a week later, how are you feeling? Numbers are up. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying this calling thing. I was fearing it before. And I said, how does that make you feel? She said, it feels amazing and I want to do more. I said, well, there you go. You know, so it's, you know, when the chips are down and things are tough, just that little bit of self-talk yeah. is what can help you out. But equally yeah. asking for help as well is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. Um, but what I'd love to also do is, so there was an element of rejection between us in a sort of <laughs> sense, right? And rather than me tell the story, I'd love to hear it from your perspective as to what, yeah, firstly, I'd like to know how you found me, then how did you prepare to prospect me? How did you prospect me? And what was the outcome of that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, Neil, you work for one of my companies, Happio. Um, so that is a a company that's in my book of business and I thought wow it looks like a really good f company that will suit outreach quite well it was pretty ICP um and then as an kind of like SDR sales leader like yourself I thought okay well you're kind of the perfect persona that I'd like to go after <laughs> so there we go on LinkedIn add Neil <laughs> and then put you into one of outreach's amazing sequences um I think it might have been a pick up the conversation but I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm it was a while ago now. I send a lot of sequences every day. <laughs> I, th I think it was because I think I was contacted by somebody else last year when I just joined. And to your point, I pick up the conversation sequence. I think it's, what is it, Sam Nelson? I think he was one of the original creators on that. So yeah. shouts out Bluehead Sam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and when you came back and I was like, ah, okay, so this is how it works. <laughs> but yeah, please, sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, so send my sequence off and then really quickly I get a response from, from Neil and it, is through a vidyard. So I don't really use vidyard too much. I, maybe I should, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm more leveraged LinkedIn. But receiving a vidyard from a prospect, that was, I, I was like, I, I looked at all my other SDR friends around me. I was like, guys, look what's just been, <laughs> look what I've just received. Because <laughs> this just never happens. Um, so it was like, I know it was a rejection and it wasn't like kind of wrong time right now, Rosie. But I think it was just one of the best responses I've ever received as as an SDR. So Aww. appreciate that. <laughs> You're more than welcome. 
But yeah, to, um, to your point, like um, I really respect the craft and I really respect SDRs that put the effort in. So I noticed the the LinkedIn request. I noticed the emails, and I noticed that you tried to come back at me, and you and and for that, that's what I think um, warrants a response, right? Um, and equally, I love being prospected because I love to see how other people do it. Because what I then can learn, I can then pass on to other people, right? So, ladies and gents, if you want any prospecting tips, like hit up uh, Rosie. We'll put her LinkedIn profile so you can connect with her and make sure you do. Um, but yeah, I then. I kind of, and I do this in a, not an arrogant way, but an egotistical way. I try to show others as to what they could potentially do themselves to hopefully inspire them. I won't tell them, Rosie, you should do video prospecting, but I'll give an example, you know, lead by example, right? Uh, and for the listeners and watchers, I was like, yeah, I told Rosie, like, we are looking at other platforms. Now's not the right time. Um, but I gave her some intel because I think it's worth enough at least giving that sort of intel so you can save that in your CRM for notes for future because I may not be there forever. Um, and then I kind of hit her back with, well, I'm going to prospect you. Uh, I have a <laughs> podcast and I use some content, which was, hey, we had George Tresky, who was one of the first outreach SDRs on this show. Send that over and tell me what you think. Got your feedback and here we there are today. We booked the meeting. We got you in the demo. <laughs> Yay! You got um, me. <laughs> got you. But here's, uh, I just had a mad thought. So imagine if you could get a prospect. Now think of a prospect where you've had a horrible response or just prospects in general that do give you the rejection. For any prospects that are listening or people that are going to be prospect, what would be useful for an SDR to receive back if it is a no? Or what would be things they should consider about somebody that's doing your job? Yeah, no, that's such a good question. So I get a lot of responses saying not interested which is such a vague kind of push off response. It doesn't give me any sort of context. There's no timeline on that. I don't know if they're using a sales engagement platform. I've literally got nothing from that. So appreciate that they're actually maybe not interested, but having some context behind that, say, oh, we've signed a contract with a competitor or we're not focusing on that right now. We're currently focusing on X, Y, Z. Um, just something <laughs> that I can kind of work off um, mm. and then perhaps put them in the notes so I can go back in three, six months, whatever it is. Totally agree. And um, so prospects, if you're listening, please give us some context. And <laughs> do you know what? That's what I do. If anybody like puts in the effort, I'll always give them the why we won't move forward. So I'll either tell them we are using a platform. I'll either give them a contact name and saying, this is a person you should speak to when the time is right. Um, and, and similarly, I get headhunted on a daily basis by recruiters. And again, for the recruiters out there, when you're telling me about how great that company is and the things that company has achieved and all their accolades, that doesn't interest me. Um, make it about me, you know, make emails about why I should care about and why I fit into that. But coming back to my point, um, I'll always say to the recruiter, like, thanks for thinking of me. I'm not interested. The reason why is I run my own business. I'm not looking to go back into a full-time role. But I wish you all the best of success in your search. By the way, here's somebody that might be beneficial reaching out yeah. to, you know. And I think the more we, I do that or do it to other people, hopefully they will pass it on to others. And they'll remember, do you know what, that person is trying. Give them a little bit of help. Um, and yeah, for SDRs, if you ever want to prospect me, I'll always give an honest answer. Yes, well, no, but I'll give you a why, you know. Um, and yeah, one of the whys was your tenacity. So again, for SDRs on average, it takes around 16 touches to get a response on a cadence or a sequence. And I think it's around 80% of B2B meetings are booked on the ninth. So for listeners out there, do not give up after the fourth or fifth touch. It does take a little while. 
Um, as you say, like uh, uh, with outreach, like you've been there for the last six months. I'd love to know what was onboarding like because when we had George on the show, um, he was like one of the first remote SDRs for outreach, and his whole onboarding was you know done remotely. Has that kind of changed for you? And like, what was your onboarding like? Yeah. So luckily we could come into the office um, for our onboarding and we joined as a group of six, which was great because you had a lot of other people to speak to um, when you were just unsure about things. It's just nice to join with a big group, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we were fortunate enough to have like to come into the office, um, which is a stunning office. It's got a balcony. It was in the summer. It's a nice. pretty lovely place to hang out. That's for sure. <laughs> um and yeah, we did it all kind of together as a group. Um, there was quite a lot of working through what we call a work ramp. Um, so a lot of kind of time on the screen. Um, but we always had these sessions in the afternoons, kind of like discussing what we've learned um, and kind of just taking things kind of forward. Um, and I do remember having this cool competition one day where we had to phone people and try and sell them pizza, okay. <laughs> which was so, so unnatural and pretty daunting, if I'm completely honest. Um, but it's a good way just to kind of literally get over the fear of the phones very quickly. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Could you give me a slice of that and tell me a little bit more like selling pizza? What, what did that entail? Yeah, so we literally got a list of people to call um, and we, I sorry, I have to call you up. Hey, Neil, um, we're actually running this really cool initiative this week. Um, so basically, I've got a, <laughs> I'm going to mess this up now. <laughs> no, go for it, go for it. Like, like, this is um, role play time. I love it. Go for it. It's to, it's to kind of just spur on a bit of team motivation. Um, so we're selling pizzas. Um, they're actually 10 pounds. Um, kind of like, are you interested? Um, super short to the point kind of thing I didn't manage to sell one um, I think someone told me to F off down the phone so <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good start to my cool calling um, days but <laughs> yeah a good way to just kick things off for sure yeah I like that so you know removing the fear of trying to sell a meeting or a thing you're trying to actually get them to buy the pizza off you yeah, I like that yeah. that's actually pretty cool how's cold calling now yeah so I don't get told to F off on the phone, which is good. <laughs> um, it's still really daunting sometimes, 100%. And I think when you've had a few calls and people have told you, like, go away, basically, it knocks your confidence down. And it's really difficult to pick up the phone and think, ah, is this going to happen again? But again, thinking, like, going back to what we kind of spoke about earlier with just, like, kind of perseverance and you just got to work towards the person who will say yes, because there will be someone. It's a numbers game and you just got to trust the process. And when someone does say yes, that is the best feeling. And yeah, mm-hmm. you got to keep going for those moments. <laughs> I've got an idea, Rosie, and I was wondering if you would humor me on this. So I've never done a role play on this podcast. And this is for you and for anybody else that's listening. Would you mind me cold calling you, you being the prospect, um, and allow me to try the way that I do it and I train my SDRs to do it? Yeah, no, I'd love that. All right. So just for context and just for a learning curve for anybody listening and watching, so normally when um, you're doing cold calling, there are three W's that people think of when they get a call from an unexpected number. The first question is, who the hell is that? Right? Uh, And then the second question is, why the hell are they calling me? And the last question is, what the hell do they want from me? Those are the three things that we think of when we get a call from a number that we don't know or a person that we don't know. So I'm going to try and answer to that. And the other thing is, a lot of the time, we're always trying to sell something or trying to book time in a cold call. And I look at this like a touch of an email. 
So humor me. So all I need you to do is to be the prospect and I'm going to pretend to be the SDR and call you. And I might have to impro improvise on this a little bit because this is just off the cuff. So listeners and watchers, yeah. if I F up, um, apologies. This isn't <laughs> like a testament of my training, but just want to try it out. Is that all right, Rosie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for <clears> it. All right. So we're going to go in three, two, one. Ring, ring. Hello. Hello. Is that uh, Rosie? Yeah, it is. Who, who is this? Hi, Rosie. My name's Neil from Happy Selling. Rosie, we don't know each other, but I checked out your LinkedIn and you're an SDR at Outreach. Is that correct? Yeah, Neil, that is correct. Um, can can you can I ask why you're calling? Yeah, no problem. So, Rosie, I've been speaking to a lot of SDRs at the moment, and I've got this great ebook which has tips and tricks on how to book meetings by the bucket load within your first two months of starting an SDR job. And all I wanted to know is what would be the best email to send this over to you on? Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, you can send it to rosie.onzoworldoutreach.io. Okay, cool. And Rosie, um, with a lot of my clients, I've learned that they like to learn in different ways. So some people like to read content, some people like to watch content, and some people like to listen to content. How do you best learn? I'd say I'm a bit of everything. Everything. Okay. So what I'll do is um, I'll send this over to you on email after this call, uh, and I'll also highlight the areas so you don't have to listen or watch the whole thing, but just the key points. And I'm going to give you a call back in two days just to get your feedback. How does that sound? Yeah, no, that sounds great. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. All right, Rosie, this is Neil from Happy Selling. Have a great day. Love it. <laughs> Thanks. So what do you think of that? I really liked that. And I think, like you said straight on, straight. sorry, the, at the beginning of the call, like, we don't know each other. Like, we also use that in our, our script. Like, we've never actually spoken before. Um, that's really important because I think it just, it sets up the call. Like, you know where you kind of stand with the other person. Mm. Um and you done my, you done your research on me. You knew where I worked. You know, I was an SDR. You sold me value. Um, the autonality was great. I loved that. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, with with this one, this is again. There are many cold calling frameworks and you know techniques that people can use. The reason why I like this one is traditionally I would go into say who I am and I'd try to pitch the company that I was talking from. Um, and then the other thing was, and I've heard it a lot of times, like pattern interrupts, where somebody has said, give me 20 seconds, and if you don't like this, you can put the phone down on me. Or the old ones used to be, is now a good time to speak? Obviously, no. And then we used to try, is now a bad time to speak? With the psychology of nobody really has a bad time. But the key thing is those three points, it reminds the person that you are interrupting and that you are taking their time from them. Yeah. And by saying I don't, we haven't spoken before, because it's that barrier of who are you? Why are you calling me? I want to remove that barrier for a minute and then confirm it with a bit of research that I've done to say, this is your profile. And I'm getting you to say yes at the beginning, right? Then I'm giving you something of value. And uh, I used to ask myself as an issue, what the hell's value? Are platforms value? No. Value is giving information or insight without the need for a sales order. Now, if I can give you a piece of content, which is relevant for you, that's value. And then I ask for the GDPR opt-in of what is your email address that I can send it to? And then here I come up with, uh, a, you know, this is an extra piece that I like to do, but how do you best learn? So I can make sure that this content is in the best format for you to take. And then I do the upfront contract of, right, all I'm going to do is send you this, and I'm going to call you back in two days, not to book a meeting, but to ask you a feedback on that piece of content and get you to agree and say yes to that. So next time when you get that number and you hear it's Rosie from Outreach, they know who it is. And it's maybe in that second call that I may try to go down the route of, 
booking a meeting. But how would you see that working for you, Rosie? No, I, I really love that. Um, and I think w- what we say as part of the intro as well is like full transparency. This is a very quick sales call, um, which I think it does go well, it does go down well most of the time um, with US prospects, not so much. But it is just being like fully transparent. Um, as you said, value, like personalization really early on is so, so important because if they don't hear any of that, they're literally just going to put the phone down and not want to speak to you. You need to say that very, very early on in the call, like, and as you said. Um, and I, I love the fact that you've said that you're going to call them back two days later because um, you've laid the foundations for they, they're going to receive another call from you. Mm. Um, and confirming that email, that's another good one. I might start using that. <laughs> Go for it and let me know how you get on. And hopefully, uh, out people out there, hopefully that helps. And if you have any like tips or comments or you know how you go into cold calling, please put them on the comment section below. And remember, if you're listening to this on your podcast or your YouTube channel, please like, comment, and subscribe on ours. But Rosie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's the first time I've done a bit of coaching uh, on our show as well. Um, but if you were to go back, you know, a couple of years and you could see this young Rosie who's not sure where she's going to go or what she's going to do or, you know, just about to, you know, pitch those interviewed things to Benetrix, what, what three bits of advice would you give to a formal version of yourself? I think it's going to have to be do something that you know that is going to kind of challenge you. Um, you step out of your comfort zone. Um, I think that's so, so important. And I've, I've had jobs in the past that I haven't really liked. So for me, this was a big step because I was like, I really don't want to have to go through that again. It's not a nice experience. Um, I want to do something that I love. It's really difficult to know that unless you've actually tried something. Um, I've definitely learned that. Um, so yeah, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice is just go for it. Trust, trust your gut, trust the process. It, it, it will work out in the end kind of thing. <laughs> in this case, really lucky for me, like I've, I've mm. landed on my feet, which is, which is great. So yeah, that's definitely one. And I like, I think another one is kind of leverage your network and learn from others. Um, I think this is so, so important mm. because especially in the world of sales, like there's a huge, huge network around you. Um, and I've got some really great friends that I always speak to about kind of the tough times uh, of kind of sales and selling, being an SDR. Um, but just having those people that completely understand where you're coming from, um, I, yeah, it's, it's honestly invaluable. And it, it gets me through kind of this role. Mm. I love it. So again, like uh, just get out your comfort zone, trust your gut, go for it. Um, and yeah, leverage your network because there is so much mindshare out there. And that's why I want to get SDRs like yourself onto this podcast to share that and hopefully inspire others because we all know where you're coming from. We've all been there. Um, and again, it's not a tough job, but when we get those successes and when we experience those things, it's freaking beautiful. It's happy selling is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's happy uh, selling. Indeed. Uh, and Rosie, do you, uh, I love the fact that you do shout outs already, but do you have any shout outs that you want to give? Um, well, definitely want to shout out the Outreach SMB team. Um, they are literally my rocks. I love them. This is why I love coming to work every day because of them. Um, my manager, Molly and Brad as well. They're absolute rock stars. Um, just to generally, like generally my family as well. Like I think they, they didn't think that perhaps I was going to like sales, um, but <laughs> they, they were with me on my decision and I'm so glad they didn't try and change my mind about it. So thanks for their support as well. <laughs> 
That's some lovely shout-outs and a lot of love there. Thank you so much, Rosie. Well, ladies and gentlemen on the show, thank you so much for joining us on this great episode. And again, if you want to connect with Rosie, we'll put the link to her LinkedIn if you want to connect and pick her brain on any topics. But Rosie, good luck on those marathons. Good luck on the next six months. We'd love to have you back on as a guest. And most importantly, as ever, happy selling, Rosie. Thanks, Neil. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.